Beware, the new podcast scam. Podcasts are becoming another source of scams that target book authors and anyone with a product or service to promote. While most podcasts are legitimate, it is easy to create a podcast and use it to scam anyone who wants to be on the show. Authors and self-publishers can easily be vulnerable since they are writing about topics that real podcasters want to talk about, and they are eager to get the publicity for their book. But sometimes the podcast can be a scam to get personal information and money. For now, though, it doesn't appear there is much attention to the problem, since a search on Google doesn't indicate any complaints or articles yet. But it's very real. Ironically, the host of a podcast warned me about these scams after I did an interview on the show for my recently published book, The Big Con, featuring the stories of 10 victims of a book-to-film scam and tips on how to avoid becoming the victim. While I was talking to the host during a commercial break, she mentioned that podcast scams were now a growing problem. And three days later, I experienced this myself. The scam began when I received a phone call about 10 days before another podcast to talk about the big con. But I never received any confirming details about the podcast, which is usual. Thus, I wasn't sure I was actually going to be on the show. And I had only written down the time of the show and the host's name. Since I heard nothing after the call and figured the podcast had been canceled at the scheduled time, I got a call from the producer as I was about to leave for a meeting. This is Carol from the Reasonable Sanity Podcast. Saying they were about to do the show, and she was relieved when I said I could do it if it was for a short time. Uh, upwards of, you know, maybe just five minutes. You know, it's a very okay, quick fine. thing. Yeah. When I asked how long the interview was, she said five or ten minutes, and a moment later, the host was on the phone with me. And we are back, Reasonable Sandy Podcast. I am Ryan Token. With us right now, we have Jeannie Gramholt scott For the first three minutes, all seemed fine, as the host introduced me as a special guest who is there to talk about the big con and the victims in the book who were scammed. So, I began talking about how there are so many scams today, and how anyone, including professionals and experts in a field, can become victims. Yeah, and, and people can just lie about anything that they want to claim that they are at any point to you. I also pointed out how there are scams in virtually every industry. Have you ever been caught in a podcast scam? No, They're what is the podcast scam? And as I started talking about the victims of the book-to-film scam, the host said he had a caller. Line one, go ahead. You're on with Jeannie. The caller briefly mentioned being scammed himself, so now he wanted to be careful not to be scammed again. And he wanted to know what banks would be best to work with to protect himself. If I were looking for a banking institution that protects me greatly against that, who do you bank with? Well, I mean, I work with, uh, I go to various banks like Wells Fargo and uh, I used to be yeah, the yeah, Bank of personally, America. Per, but personally, who do, you, who do you bank? Who's your personal banker? It was an unusual question. But I mentioned some of the bigger banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America. Then he wanted to know where I had my account. Initially, I told him that that didn't matter, 
because any of the big banks could help him. But he persisted, claiming he still wanted to know my bank, since I was the expert in this area, and that would reassure him that he was making a good choice. I would get it straight from the horse's mouth. Where, where do you bang? I told him I wasn't going to give out this information on the air. And after he asked why not, I repeated the same reason. You're basically, well, this is you're back. Then I'm hanging up. Yep, so I had to hang up. Thank you. Sorry, I, I don't know why he wanted to know so much. The host broke in and said there was another caller on the line. Anyways, what's, uh, line three, go ahead. You're on the air. While I should have been suspicious that this request for my bank information was the beginning of a scam, I initially thought this was a crank caller, so I continued the interview. Hi, this is Rachel. How are you doing? This time, the caller wanted to know some personal questions about me, such as my age, and was I married? And after I answered that, he asked what my phone number was, so we could talk personally. Yeah, um, I was just wondering, could I give you a number, my phone number, and we could maybe talk personally and get you on my show? Oh, yeah, sure. What's what's your number and what show is this? Okay, so uh, my phone number is 566-735-140. Okay, Okay, um, I'm missing a number. Oh, no, that's my social security number. Are you trying to scam no, no, me right now? No, I'm wow. trying to get a phone. You, I thought you were giving me a phone number. Wow. Oh. In hindsight, I realize this is very likely an effort to get personal identity information that could be combined with other information about me. And I should have ended the interview, but instead I simply said I didn't want to give out that information. Then... I tried to steer the conversation back to the original topic of scams. But now there was another caller. Line four, go ahead. This time someone with a very hard to understand English accent. Yes, hello. Hello. Hello, dear. Who, as best as I could make out, wanted to know what to do about someone who kept appearing or leaving things on her porch. Uh, I fell for three scams last year. And every time they send over the young boy, she literally penetrated me in the arse, and he, he gives it to me good each time. Though I recommended she might call the local police, she gave some reason I couldn't understand. No, they told me that he's my neighbor, and I have to do whatever he says. And said she hoped I could give her the answer about what to do, since I was the expert. But since I couldn't understand the rest of what she said, I simply told her that I couldn't help. Yeah, no, I, I really can't help you with that. Um, Ryan, okay. you know, maybe can we just sort of wrap this up? Um, okay. I need to. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for the thank you for the call. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. And I told the host I only had a few more minutes and had to leave. But one more caller, the host said. Yep, line five. If you had a question, then we'll wrap it up. This time, the man who asked me about banks was back. Um, hi, Teeny. Sorry, I'm. I'm a little bit nervous. And he had another question about what stocks and securities he should invest in. He proceeded to reel off a series of names that weren't familiar to me. I'm just not sure if I should go with like a fixed in- income security, like a bond or a corporate, like a debentures, or if I should look into like government securities or maybe like market institutions or something. And I told him he should talk to a financial professional, since I only wrote about such topics if a client provided me with information about the subject. But I wasn't an expert myself. 
Okay, I mean, I, I think you need to talk to a financial professional about no, this. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, scams in general. And so you really need to talk to, you know, if you know well, people in your community, your neighborhood. Scammed. I'm just looking for different securities. But the caller just repeated his request, saying he didn't want to be scammed again and wanted to know more about my areas of expertise. I mean, I'm not an gonna, expert on financial securities, and we're talking about a different kind of security. I guess, like, you know, what do you do if it's a winner or a loser, or what to do with them, you know, once your investments start going? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I can't advise you about that. You, talk to, you need to talk to a financial professional. So I referred him to some of my website, which in retrospect can be a mistake since scammers can use the bio information and contact information on a website to build a personal profile about someone. Unfortunately, you need this information to demonstrate your authority and expertise to prospective publishers, agents, producers, clients, and customers. But this information also opens the door to scammers. I'm a writer. I, I work professionally as a writer. I've published over 200 books. Okay, Jeannie, I have a question with you then. Is it a scam or is it not a scam when a writer can write that many subjects as a professional, but there's no way a human can have that many professions in their belt? Well, no, I mean, I can write about financial information, but I'm not an expert on finance. I just don't understand any of that. After that, since I had to leave... I told the host that I had to end the interview. All right, all right, everyone. This has been Reasonable Sandy Podcast. We're going to try a lot harder next time. So uh, good night, yeah. everyone. And I thought that was that. But an hour later, I got a call from the guy who had asked about the banks and investing. I was on the podcast and I was trying to get the bank information. I managed to scam those guys out of your phone number so I could give you a call. He said he had managed to wheedle my phone number out of the host, and he wanted to know if I changed my mind about sharing the bank information in private with him. Uh, what street did you live on when you grew up? Well, well, in what city? I mean, I grew up in Breakneck. Oh, okay. And uh, what was your mother's maiden name? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, before I tell you, well, I mean, it's just really, it's really confusing because I mean, your your name sounds familiar, but what was your mother's maiden name? When I said no. He said that wasn't what he was calling about. Instead, he wanted to know if I would have dinner with him. What are the chances of me and you going out and getting a steak to eat? When I wondered how he expected to do that, since his phone number indicated he was in Philadelphia and I was in California near San Francisco, he had a ready explanation. He was in San Jose now, but he could come over. But, but I'm in California, so it sounds like... Yeah, you know, I am too. I am too. Where I have are a you? cell phone. Uh, I'm in San Jose right now. After I said no, I didn't know him, he continued to find reasons I shouldn't meet him. I'm really in the middle of writing books and things like that, so yeah, I, I don't you know. Yeah, but you have to eat. You have to have sustenance. You know, how are you going to yeah, power no, your I, thought I, machines, I, your I, thought I'm lines? I'm at home. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really not interested. Including telling me I should go out and enjoy a good meal? with good company. If you're interested in three ways, I've got my buddy Matt no, here with no, us, I'm, too. No, no, I'm really not interested. Sorry, hey I'm not interested. Hey there! What? No, I'm, I'm... After I told him I already had food in the house. At some point, I told him I didn't want to continue the conversation unless he gave me his email and so I could see who he was, since I didn't know anything about him. I mean, I just need to know who I'm talking to. I mean, I don't. Okay, I just, well, I'm I, six. I'm six foot two, uh, about 285 pounds. 
after he explained that he didn't want to give me his information, since he didn't know who I was either, and offered to give it to me when we met, I told him I was hanging up. And I did. There with the family. Got any kids? No, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm hanging up. Young family members. So I guess you could call that effort to get more information from me scam attempt number two. Yet this mystery caller wasn't done with his effort. Two minutes later, he called back, and I let his call go to voicemail. He tried one more time, and after his call went to voicemail, he hung up. A minute later, I got a call from the host from a Utah exchange. Jeannie? I'm not interested in any of what, what you Jeannie, have to okay, say. Okay, Jeannie, you're live on the air with Jeannie, Ryan. Here we go. Yeah, it's Ryan Token. I needed to apologize to you about so much, so many things. Saying he wanted to apologize for giving out my phone number. And he was sorry that the caller had bothered me. I am so sorry. Uh, the biggest thing I wanted to say is I forgot to say happy Pranksgiving. So first of all, happy Pranksgiving. So this was scam attempt number three. The other thing I want to talk to you about is somebody tricked us. And now they, they, they tricked us out of your number. We thought it was your husband. It was me. They, it was me. I'm so sorry. It was the wine. Okay, thank you. Hours. I mean, this guy right is crazy. At the time... I didn't consider how the host would know that the caller had bothered me, but often things that don't make sense seem reasonable at the time. Jeannie, I want to apologize to you because, simply put, um, you're just going to get a whole lot more people weirdos calling you now because they tricked Carol out of your number. The host said he even had the caller on the line, and he was sorry too. Thus, I thought this was a sincere apology. And after I heard some garbled conversation of three people talking at once on the line, the host said that he had discussed this with the producer, so they wanted to give the $500 for my trouble. I'm going to demand Carol apologize and make a payment of $500 to you. Okay, well, that's, that's fine. That's nice, I commented, not really sure what to say. And when I asked for more information about why they were doing that, the host said they could make it $1,000 since they didn't want any trouble and their lawyer was drawing up the contract. I would like you to talk to my lawyer uh, just so we can get this settled. His name is yeah, Deputy Matthew Hillock. Deputy Assistant Lawyer. Hi. Uh, I'd like to finalize the paperwork with you. <laughs> yeah. In retrospect... I realized this was really their third attempt to get personal information from me, since they would certainly ask for additional information from any contract. I'm a lawyer, you dumb fuck. Okay, okay, I'm You're sorry. I'm sorry, Deputy Besides, any offer to suddenly pay me so much money for a difficult caller and then up the offer was certainly fishy. Look, I'm going to hang up. You don't need to announce when you're hanging up, you cunt. You just hang up. Matt Hillock, Deputy Hillock, Hillock does have a point there. When I didn't respond right away because his offers to pay me seemed so odd, it sounded like the three people was talking again. I'm going to hang up now. I'm not... Oh, look, there she goes again. Stupid! You don't need to announce it! Jeannie, I'd like to change my offer to $1,000 if you just forget anything my lawyer even look, said I, to you. Look, I am... Then, I heard the host or caller say 
maybe we could invite you to a three-way. At that point, I said, I'm hanging up. You know, I mean, I don't really know whether Kitty. this is a real payment. I mean, I, I'm not going to give out any personal information. I mean, this has been a whole scam thing. Jeannie, you're going you know, to you're, you're give Deputy Hillock you a heart attack. You announced that you're hanging up. You just do it in anger and I'm going to hang up. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't really hand. know that you're... God damn it, you cut. And I did. After that, there were no more calls. Later that evening, both I and an associate producer tried to look into who this podcaster was and if this was a real podcast. The result was that we only found one listing about a show with that podcast name and the name of a different host on a site that features different podcasters seeking guests. While the podcast call for guests indicated they had 100 to 150 live listeners and 1,000 downloads in a month for each show, their website went to a domain names for sale site, and there was nothing more about their show in a search on Google. Thus, it seemed likely the show no longer existed, if it ever did. And the supposed podcast interview with me was, in reality, a phone call with the host, show producer, and a few callers sitting around acting as if this was a real show with callers. I'm not exactly sure how the podcast was set up, but in retrospect, I'm 99% sure it was all a scam to get personal identity information from me that could be used in other scams. In any case, it served a wake-up call about a new type of scam based on creating what appears to be a real podcast in order to get information from people who think they are being interviewed to help promote their book, product, or service. Thus, if someone calls or emails you about being a guest on a show, ask for some identifying information about the show, including a website, email, a presence in the industry, and the like. Also, most podcasts will have some correspondence with you about when to schedule the interview or send you an online calendar link where you can indicate your preferences. Plus, you are likely to get a follow-up email indicating what to prepare or send to the host or producer for the interview, such as a bio, questions about your topic, a photograph, and a summary or PDF about your book, product, or service. Later, you will usually get a confirmation about the call or a Zoom link so you can connect for the interview. Accordingly, be cautious when you get a request for an interview, especially if you haven't contacted that show or done any recent promotions to podcasters. The invitation to be on the show could be for real, or it could be a scam. So if anything doesn't seem right about the pitch, especially if you have limited information about the podcast, do more checking to see if it's real or not. Did you ever been called in a podcast scam? No, They're, what is the podcast scam? People in the podcast world sit and they come together and they, they, they work to make it so they lock down a certain situation, basically. And there's usually not a lot of financial damage or usually none at all, but you know, there's some egos, you know, and it's really weird.